This episode is brought to you by BTR Nation. BTR is a female founded brand that is on a mission to end mindless snacking with their protein bars with a purpose. Snacks get a bad reputation, high in sugar, ingredients you can't pronounce, ultra processed. But what if you had a snack that checked all the right boxes, a snack with a purpose? Because when we snack mindfully, when we honor our bodies, our hunger, our snackiness, we transform our mindset. BTR bars and chocolate truffle cups are made with no gluten, no dairy, no soy, no added sugar, no corn or rice syrups, no GMOs, no natural flavors, no sugar alcohols, no stevia, no inflammatory ingredients, and no gums or fillers, the cleanest label in the category. They only use ingredients that you can pronounce and adaptogenic superfoods like reishi, lion's mane, and cordyceps. They also taste delicious. I always have the peanut butter chocolate chip bliss bars in my cabinet, and Erica doesn't go a day without having the dark chocolate truffle cups. Besides the many delicious snacks to choose from, we love the story of BTR. Founder and owner Ashley Marie found inspiration in an unlikely place at an unlikely time, at the hospital cafeteria. When both of her parents were diagnosed with cancer, her life turned upside down as she became their caretaker, and her own nutrition began to suffer. Ashley was devouring protein bars when she could, as many of us do, to fit in a meal or a snack. Most of the bars she quickly discovered were filled with sugar. After her parents passed away, she founded a bar brand based on their family mantra, be bold, tenacious, and resilient. If you want to try BTR bars and truffle cups, you can save 20% on your order with code COURAGEOUSWELLNESS all one word at btrnation.com. You can also find this link in our show notes and link tree on Instagram. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Ali experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. We have a great conversation today with Sophie Jaffe that we were able to record in person at her beautiful home. And we will get to that episode in a second. But before we do, we're going to do our weekly updates. And to kick us off, Allie, what's going on with you this week, this season? What's going on in your life? (laughs) I've had a lot of travel in, um, 
last month into this month. So it's nice to be home for a little while. Um, and with the weather turning, at least on the west side of Los Angeles, you go you go inland a little bit, it's still very hot. But um out by the beach, it's getting cooler and I'm I'm trying to embrace that fall vibe. Very basic, but very fun. Um, <laughs> and I've actually just been really inspired to be cooking more and making like warming foods. And I'm kind of going with whatever I'm um, craving and, and you know, inspired to be making. And the other night I roasted a delicious chicken. Mm. And then what I love doing is like when I roast a chicken with all the herbs and lemon and I do a really awesome like herb butter rub. I then put it into the instant pot and I actually slow cook it for like 24 hours. Mm. Delicious bone broth, which I've been drinking every day. You know, we always recommend bone broth for gut health support for clients. And I, I've used it for years, but I'm trying to be more consistent, just having a mug of it, you know, when I want something warming at home and I feel so good and it's delicious too. Yeah. Um, and then also, I am not the baker. If people, if you guys are familiar with us, you know Erica is the resident baker around here. But this is the time of year when I'm like, I feel like making a pie. So that's next up on my list. But my updates are just very simple. I'm, it's just, I'm feeling a little bit more homey these days. Um, had such a year of so much travel, which has been wonderful in a lot of ways. But now I'm feeling like I want to just kind of hibernate home for a little while. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I'll never forget when you first moved back to LA from Japan and we started the podcast and you roasted me a chicken and you're like, you were living in kind of like a tiny house. Yes. My, like my like little sublet at the time. It was a full tiny house with a tiny house <laughs> kitchen. And Allie just was like, I'm going to roast us a chicken. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. And I'm not, I am the baker. I'm not the cook. And so I was very impressed and your chicken is delicious. So, but I've actually been feeling very, um, nesty and cooking and like uh, uh, this weekend, I'm making a big chili for like football Ooh. Sunday. And um, yeah, I'm, and yeah, I, I love to bake and all the pumpkin basic things. But um, we're recording this intro a little bit ahead of time because at release, I will be in New York. So follow us on Instagram if you're not. I'm going to be posting all the food that I'm eating. I'm going on a little trip with my college bestie if you listened last week. And it's going to be so nice to have this time together. But um, we're also doing a Halloween party while we're there uh, and it's vampire themed. And so I'll post it on Instagram if it manifests the way my vision. want it to. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm bringing, I have like three ideas, but the one I really hope works is um, it's vampire themed, but I'm going to go as vampire share, like share from clueless, but make it vampire, not share the singer, <laughs> share from clueless, <laughs> share from clueless. So that's my vibe. And I have, I have, you know, I like to shop my closet, be sustainable. It's Halloween. I don't need to like, but I have like a little plaid pink outfit and all I really need to buy are like high socks and like, you know, I, I have, I have a vision 
and I know how to like vampire it up. So I'm, I'm hoping it works. I have two other options if it doesn't, but we'll see. So I will post that on Instagram. I was going to say, just follow along on Instagram for two weeks. It'll be just like Erica's like New York city food porn and Halloween. (laughs) We're going to, yeah, we're going to cook. It's just going to be so nice. It's so funny. You've had so much travel and I feel like I'm just starting to like, Mm-hmm. So it's like we're switching a little bit, but um, yeah, it'll be lovely. So that's kind of what's on my mind right now is just kind of thinking about this Halloween costume and will it come together in in my vision? And so um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm that's at. Fun. But yes, we have a really really great episode today, so we should get into it. And we have a great October. I said this last week, but this month is really wonderful conversations. We have such a good episode coming next week. Today's episode with Sophie is wonderful. And um, the last two episodes of the month, I mean, we love all of our guests, but I feel like this spooky season, October calendar is just really great. So, um, and if you haven't, if you haven't listened yet, last week's episode with Rachel Montez minor, check it out. She's a beautiful human and uh, a beautiful, she, she's an author of a beautiful children's book all on love, loss, dealing with grief, but keeping that love connection alive. So I highly recommend, um, her book as well. And and check out her episode if you haven't had a chance to yet listen. Yeah. So with that, let's get to today's episode. So today on the podcast, we welcome Sophie Jaffe. Sophie is a Los Angeles-based leader and wellness expert, superfood entrepreneur, yoga teacher, and mama to three beautiful children. She founded her superfood company and wellness brand Philosophy with the goal of making it easier, more inspiring, and more delicious to attain optimal health and radiant wellness. Sophie's mission is to be a full embodiment of well-being through a life well-lived, of living in love versus living in fear. Sophie's intuition guides everything she does, and she works to help others tap into their own intuition to live the most aligned lives. Sophie is known for her radical honesty and truly authentic living on and offline. She and her husband, who have been together for almost 20 years, also work with couples to connect intimately with one another. This work stems from Sophie's own personal transformative journey in her marriage and with herself, which she vulnerably shares with us today on the show. It's a really beautiful conversation, and we appreciate Sophie for sharing her journey. And before we get to the episode, we want to tell you about her superfood company, Philosophy. The Philosophy mission is to help people achieve their fullest state of health by making it easier to get complete nutrition in at every meal. Philosophy superfood blends, infusions, and reset programs are unlike any other nutritional supplements and detoxification programs on the market because they actually nourish the body with whole, live, nutrient-rich foods. Each of the Philosophy superfood blends are organic, raw, gluten-free, and have absolutely no filler ingredients. The Detoxifying Green Dream Blend, Beautifying Berry Bliss Blend, and Energizing Cacao Magic Blend contain nothing but the purest, most healing ingredients that have been deemed superfoods due to their exceptional nutrient density. You can add them to smoothies, eggs, pesto, and endless other options. Erica really loves the Cacao Magic Protein Blend and Superfood Coconut Butter. And I love the Green Dream Blend and the Sunshine Chlorophyll Drops. To check out Sophie's work and her Philosophy Superfood Blends, you can visit thephilosophy.com. That's spelled T-H-E-P-H-I-L-O-S. 
S-O-P-H-I-E.com and find all of this in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How is that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. Welcome, Sophie. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so happy to be here. And it's such a pleasure for us to do this in person. So thank you for encouraging that for Courageous Wellness. Heck yeah. Um, so just to get us started, and if any of our listeners aren't familiar with you, can you share with us a little bit about your personal background, mm-hmm. um, your journey, and how that sort of led you into the space that you work in now? Yeah, I mean, it's such a big question. I think... Cliff's Notes version, which is still probably long. <laughs> yep. I think the Cliff's Notes version would be I grew up on the East Coast. I moved around a lot. My parents divorced when I was eight, and we moved around for several years. And I didn't really settle into a place until like close to high school. Mm. And so from, you know, second grade till ninth. It was a lot of moving homes, moving, 
new friends, moving schools. And that required, once I got past the like heartbreak, that required me to find a sense of home within myself. Mm. And I'm a double Taurus. So mm. Taurus loves her home life. She loves to feel like sensual, beautiful, like amazing decorations and flowers. And, and I was like getting uprooted mm. every six months to a year. Mm-hmm. And having to start over. And that was really hard. But what I realized throughout the time, not consciously, obviously I was a child, but I learned how to find home within myself. Mm. And that was a journey and really hard. And eventually it was just like anything else, a test with the universe, just Mm. like kind of playing with me to be like, you got this. It's not about where you are. It's what's happening on the inside. Mm. So I still am like that. I've still moved a lot. I move around a lot. Wherever I go, I find myself. If anything, when I'm not at home and I'm traveling, I actually i am even more tapped in <laughs> because there's no distractions mm. from self. Yeah. So moved around a lot, became very adaptable, and had a wonderful childhood. Mm. I learned how to have a really awesome long-distance relationship with my dad. I was most of the energy behind that he moved to California when I was little and I had to really master we didn't have cell phones we didn't have anything I had to master how to be in relationship with someone without them being physically there Mm. someone that I just loved so dearly and it was hard in the beginning but once I figured out the flow of how to get his attention and keep it Mm. we had a really healthy beautiful long-distance relationship and he'd come and visit when it was convenient for him but I learned that it wasn't about me it wasn't a rejection it wasn't abandonment and that I had a choice even as a child and how to be connected and close to my dad so that was my childhood played soccer I was a cheerleader I was very outgoing was friends with all the different groups loved everyone and then moved to LA when I was 18 I was kind of escaping a boyfriend at the time. It was a very toxic, unhealthy relationship. I guess my shadow side coming through, just like, oh, I'm not just a good girl who's friends with everyone and a cheerleader and happy and good grades and follows the rules. I'm also attracting the most shadowiest shadowiest parts of myself in this relationship, and I'm allowing it to happen. And so it was abusive emotionally, physically, sexually, psychologically, above all else. He fucked with my head. And I finally broke free by moving here. And even that was a journey because then I chickened out six months into it. I was doing so well. And then I welcomed him back in. Of course. The potential and like what he could be and like, oh, he's so our minds just play tricks with us. And I really regret bringing him out here again, all part of the journey. Mm -hmm. And we eventually broke up. It was really toxic, horrible. Mm. He was suicidal. I, it it was, it was so scary and dark. Mm. And I finally let go and, and fully was just like, this is never happening again. Mm. And was in my power. Mm. And for the first time in five years, right? Because I gave away my power every day by staying with him Mm. and saying that this is okay by staying with him. Even if I was verbally saying, like, this is insane. What are you doing? Well, this is not. How are you treating me this way? Like, 
and then went to UCLA, got into UCLA, met my now husband very quickly after I had fallen out of love with my ex. Mm. And I had closed that door and I was like, even though we weren't broken up yet because it was a process, he was living in my parents, my dad and my stepmom's house here in LA. I had created a complete nightmare, a complete nightmare. He was living in my house. I was living on campus at UCLA. I changed my phone number, got a new phone number. Like I did everything I could to get away except for like, actually break up with him because I was so afraid of what would happen yeah and I knew what he was capable of mm-hmm. like huge destruction yeah and now my parents were involved and oh. now my loved ones and now my work my new life in LA and I like I don't know what he could have done at that point so I had to take my time mm-hmm. but I was completely out of love with him after the final time that there was like an abusive situation I saw him, the crazy eyes and I was like what am I doing mm. so f- emotionally let him go And as soon as I had let him go and I was in UCLA and I was in my new life and my new flow, I met my now husband, Adi. Mm. And we were in the same class. It was an undergrad class and we fell in love and we, it was a complete coincidence that he was there. If he didn't go through the trajectory of his life Mm. to be late and delayed because he went to jail and has this whole past and history, he wouldn't have been sitting in this room with me, next to me in one of the smaller classes. So we quickly fell in love. And quickly realized once the honeymoon phase was over that we both had a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to to dig through, to get through. And he and I on and off, we made it work over time. We took a long one-year break. He cheated on me. He came and told me the truth. Started to break the cycle because his father cheated on his mother. Mm -hmm. He told his dad the truth. And his dad said, you have to go tell her. So starting to break the cycle, and then because he used to be addicted to meth, went to jail, was a huge drug addict, drug dealer. He was an incredible drug dealer. He's so smart. (laughs) He was like one of the top, like so smart. Um, Had multiple cars, was traveling all the time, girls everywhere, just like so crazy when he tells me this life, and I'm just like, past life. Okay. But it's made him the person that he is and the, the work that he does in the world now helping people get through similar situations of struggling with addiction, struggling with, you know, really their purpose and Absolutely. deep trauma and all that. He, he can speak with such authenticity because he's been there. Yeah. And he told me the whole story right away um, about his past, that only made me love him more because I was like look at you you're getting your PhD from like the number one school in the world for psychology you're sitting next to me like chatting with your parents like he was a completely different version of himself and that shape-shifting is something that I recognize in myself like I've gone Mm -hmm. through so many iterations so it was really attractive he was like this is usually the time when girls leave I'm like bye and I was like no I'm not Mm -hmm. going anywhere I told my parents right away maybe too soon flipped to about a year later and he cheated on me essentially what we believe is like a re-manifestation of the same issues that like it was never about the meth of course yeah. it was never about the it's never about the drinking it's yeah. never about the thing it's about like the root yeah something absolutely and so that's it was then manifested through sex addiction mm-hmm. where he just had these like unhealthy relationships with like lying to me and betrayal and secret online worlds like I would come into his graduate apartment and there'd be like texts on the screen I like didn't really do to do because I'm just so ever trusting and like why would I assume that you're doing the worst and anyway so he told me the truth we broke up for a year 
we found each other again. And I was like 21, 22 by this point, maybe a little bit older. Like we were, I was already like, we're going to therapy. Like we need actual support and tools. We don't know how to communicate. He would, we would be like, be like having sex and I would just start crying in the middle of it because I was so hurt from my past life with this ex and I didn't deal with it properly. I went right into this relationship. So we have now a beautiful life. Mm -hmm. We have three beautiful children. We have really created the life of our dreams and we're continuing to. Mm -hmm. It took a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Like I'd say the first five to seven years was solid chaos Mm. and madness Mm. and a lot of therapy and a lot of time being in that shadow for both of us. And it was the greatest gift to our relationship because now the level of depth Mm -hmm. in our love and the amount of fun and the amount of expansiveness that we get to experience right now is because of all that work. Yeah, of course. And thank you so much for sharing your journey. And I'm really excited. I know we're both excited to really unpack it and go into it because it's, you were so young, you know, and actually I met my husband, I'm 35 now. We met when I was 23. So we've been together for a long time. And I think growing with, and he was 24. So we were similar, but we're now 35 and he's almost 36. So we're totally different people than we were when we were young, um, younger. (laughs) And I think this growth that you have to have in these commit, if you choose each other, you have to continue to choose each other and, grow and evolve together and so I'm really excited because I think you and your husband and your partnership is a really beautiful example of that and I think the work you do is really incredible and you guys are so open with everything that you've been through and because you are so young and you've grown together and now you have this beautiful family I know it's a podcast but we're sitting in your beautiful home and um, you have such a grounded energy Maybe we could just start with, I know this is a long journey, but how did you start unpacking, right, these feelings inside of yourself, right, that were coming through in this relationship with your partner? Because I think, you know, I I talk to a lot of friends and a lot of people, and as you mentioned, Ali and I met through our Buddhist practice. So we have a Buddhist um, background and language that we use together a lot, and um, that root cause is all like our entire practice, right? It could be a source of all suffering. Yeah. Sex, drugs, drinking, shopping, whatever it may be. Um, it's something deeper that we have to deal with, but also I think the karmic partnerships that we attract together, right? There's so many different types of types of soulmates, so many different types of relationships, right? So you both attracted each other at this time. And so maybe we could start there and how you are able to start unpacking this in yourself. Yeah. That's a great question. I definitely did not recognize I was completely oblivious to the fact in the beginning that I had anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. I was very quick to blame. I was very quick to be a victim, Mm -hmm. which is so foreign to me because I don't, who is that person? But when I saw these things, they seemed so obvious. Like you're the perpetrator. You're the bad guy. You've already had these issues in the past. Mm -hmm. I've never been an addict. I wouldn't know. And like this, this like, superior you know ignorance Mm -hmm. and I was young I I didn't know any better I didn't understand the nuance and the complexity and 
it took a while. It took a while. Like we were kind of hitting our heads against the wall for the beginning. And then when I finally did through therapy and different modalities and groups and self-inquiry, I think that is when everything shifted when I realized that I attracted this. There's something about me that's attracting this. There's some medicine here. And I have a responsibility to look inward and take care of my side of the street. And the minute that I looked at my own shit, everything started to shift. Yeah. It's the word that came up and you just said it for me when you were talking about it was responsibility. And it's really, I'm, we're coming off of another episode. We just talked about um, power and the concept of power and how we define that. But uh, this idea of moving from victimhood Oof. to responsibility, I think, I don't want to generalize, but I do think that women and this is something I've been exploring too sometimes we're socialized to be good mm-hmm. and sometimes <laughs> our society, 99% of the time we're socialized like, be a good girl be a good girl mm-hmm. and but I do think there's something maybe it's just because it's on my mind but the way you're talking about like you're the perpetrator you did the bad things I in a way it lets us continue to be the good girl oh yeah and when we it's not that like people aren't responsible for their actions, yeah. right? Like whatever happened, happened. And that caused you a certain amount of pain. That's all real. And that we also have a responsibility for processing mm-hmm. for our own actions, for how we deal with pain um, so that we don't perpetuate it in other ways. Yeah. And pass it on to our children, our children, pass it on to new relationships, go back and whatever it might be, all of it. it. And so there's something, um, when we start to like do that reflection that you're talking about, it started to transform when you started to do, do that kind of reflection and take that kind of responsibility. What did that feel like in the beginning because I think when we're socialized to be good and then we have to look at ourselves or look at the shadow parts of ourselves which we all have Mm -hmm. as human beings I think a lot of people can avoid that like the plague because of the shame that might come along with that process so what did that feel like for you so I'm gonna blow your mind right now (laughs) so I feel like I was like pinky toe in And during the time when I like took responsibility and like looked at my side, like I think I was like acting as if, but I wasn't actually, it hadn't really penetrated when I was, I think like, I don't know the age, but like 30, 31, I, it was New Year's Eve. And do you know the story? I do. I've, I've heard you on many podcasts, Sophie. (laughs) So, so. She doesn't. It exactly answers your question. So because I hadn't fully stepped into my shadow and why I was attracting this, I I didn't understand the complexity. And I learn through my body. I learn through action. I can't be told something. I have to feel it. And so completely unconsciously, I was on a lot of drugs and a lot of substances, but honestly, that wasn't to blame. Mm -hmm. I went into a phase. I was in a very like angry place with my partner. It was New Year's Eve. He went to bed and I cheated on him completely, not on purpose. It just kind of happened, but the universe presented with me, like presented me with this opportunity and I fell right into the trap and 
leaned in and I cheated on my husband with a stranger who's like 10 years younger than me, a beautiful model. And he was sober, which is its own thing, but no blame. Full responsibility, radical responsibility for myself. I slept with a stranger for the first time in my life because I was so holier than thou. I, why would I have a one night stand? I like judged my friends that did. Like all of the shadows came through in that split moment. And it was very short. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest, yes. to be clear, <laughs> nothing exciting there, but it was such an opportunity and a gift for me to feel the fullest embodiment of mm-hmm. this shadow. Yeah. And so that was when I actually took my power back and it re and gave a D back his power. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that was like the ultimate gift to us. I don't recommend it, <laughs> but it was the lessons that I needed to learn. And if I would, if that wouldn't have happened, we weren't headed anywhere good because I hadn't actually processed my anger. I hadn't actually dealt with the real deep emotion because I couldn't like intellectually wrap it around my mind and my mm. head. So I had to go through the motions of it and it was completely devastating and also the greatest gift and my conscious friends who had been along for the journey and been through some similar things I told them and the first sentence was congratulations this is going to completely transform your relationship yeah (laughs) if you make it yeah (laughs) we want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor odyssey mushroom elixir Odyssey contains 2,750 milligrams of lion's mane and cordyceps functional mushrooms that have been shown to increase brain function, mood, memory, and boost energy. With Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, there's no need to settle for a drink that's full of chemicals and empty calories. The flavors are delicious. There are caffeinated and uncaffeinated options, and I love to use it as a mocktail at parties, as an afternoon pick-me-up, and while I love all the flavors, my personal favorite is the sparkling dragon fruit lemonade. If you want to try Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, you can take 20% off your purchase today with code CWPODCAST, all one word at odysseyelixir.com. And all of that information can be found in our show notes or link tree on Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting because, I mean, you, you and your husband clearly made some sort of energetic contract with each other, right? To do this work together. Cause like you said, who knows other people may not have made it through so much of what you both have been through. And now you also work and help so many couples through your experience. So it's very like pain into purpose, poison into medicine. Like mm. it really became great medicine, very much. but when you're in it and I think it's so interesting because I've, you know, now in our thirties and having so many friends who are in long-term partnerships or might not be happy or trying to make things work you and your husband live so radically honest, right? And you've created, you've been through so much and then created kind of your, like a relationship that works for for both of you. And you have fun and you have this beautiful family, but you make your own rules. And I think a lot of people are afraid to kind of test their relationships in this way, right? Like you said, if this hadn't have happened, you don't know if your marriage would have made it, right? Because 
you were it was just the surface right like oh I'm doing the work but this cracked you wide open but I think there is a lot of fear of like well if I explore these feelings I have or if I do this work how is it gonna fuck up my marriage or how is it it's it's a risk and so how do you work with people or how have you been I mean or is it, it yes it wasn't conscious right like it energetically happened but like if anybody is in that and they're listening and they're like something isn't right here but I'm terrified to follow this desire I have or even bring it up to my partner how do you start to deal with that work and and cultivate right because you've been able to make it work in your partnership so how can other people face their shadow side and hold on maybe that's the problem like let go but hold on to their relationship if that's what they desire I would start if it were me and I could go back in time I would lots of things but the first thing I would do is start to really meditate on and visualize and write out on paper what it would look like what are you afraid of what are your fears and walk through that scenario I walk in I tell my husband I'm not sexually satisfied I tell my husband I'm attracted to women I tell my husband I'm not in love anymore but I want to make it work I tell my husband I don't know something something the thing that you're holding on to that's keeping you stuck from growing and expanding and living an authentic life. I walk in, I tell my husband X, here's what could happen. Mm -hmm. And you flush it out and you meditate on it and you feel it and you just live in that space for a while, which is very shadowy and scary. And then you just do the thing because you've already worked out all the worst case scenarios. You've already worked it out. You've already rehearsed. You've already gone through the visualizations and then also take the time to visualize the best case scenario of saying it with integrity with love with I statements I feel this no blame no you take full radical responsibility for what you're experiencing whatever it is even if nothing has actually happened yet our thoughts are powerful so if you're fantasizing about someone else and it's weighing heavy on you and you think like everything in relationships is an opportunity to lean in and get closer. Yeah. Like me being attracted to a guy or a girl brings a DNI closer. When yeah. I actually share that and I get over that hump of fear, and I will say, even for us, we're very practiced in this radical yeah. transparency. It's still hard. Mm-hmm. It's still really hard. We have to like a D will like text me and be like, I have to tell you something later <laughs> because he has to be called out on himself. Yeah. And then later I'm like, what did you want to tell me? I know when there's something there. Yeah. You yeah. feel that energetically. It can be the smallest flirtation with someone. It can be something, just a misstep. It can be a thought. We all feel energy and our minds are so powerful. So that radical transparency with your partner, prepare yourself as much as you need to. But at the end of the day, you have to just call yourself out. You have to just say, hey, I want to talk to you tonight about something important. Can we have a drink together and just sit. Can we have dinner tonight and date night? And I want to share something with you. Yeah. We make a way bigger deal in our heads than what it is. And even if it is a big deal, yeah. I mean, I work with women that are like on the verge of divorce, have cheated, are doing things, missteps, you know, all these things that they feel like are the end of the world. Yeah. I can promise you I've seen worse. Yeah. I've felt bad stuff but I've seen even worse Mm -hmm. and I've seen it succeed yeah yeah and I think 
what I really love, and you, you're so open for if any of our listeners are not familiar with your work, you are, as I've said, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your work. I've listened to you on Thank so you. many podcasts. You're such a great resource for, I feel like, conscious partnership and marriage. And, um, you know, so what I love about your work, too, is you guys are so open about you, you do things outside of the box together. You have a lot of fun together. You make your own rules together, but it's all about coming back to connection with each other, which I really love. Whereas I think sometimes a lot of people when they're maybe opening up their marriage or they're thinking of having fun outside their marriage, it's, yeah, it's about separating and you guys are all about connection with each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious too, because I feel like especially Gen Z, and we talk about this all the time because I have a lot of um, like younger sisters and younger friends and Gen Z is on a different level of exploration yes. and joy and living authentically. And um, but I'm curious as millennials, it, it, it wasn't that way for us. And it's it's almost like you have to come out if you're going to make these choices. And so I'm curious for you, how did you deal with the noise from other people? Or maybe that's like a step forward. But when you and Adi decided to make these choices together and heal and create fun in your relationship going getting there but then also sharing it with people as you guys do is so Mm -hmm. open how do you deal with the noise from Mm -hmm. other people about what marriage should look like or partnership should look like all those shoulds yes all those shoulds I think that it's very similar to the blueprint of what we did with coming out about his quote-unquote sex addiction it's the same thing. We let there be enough time, space, intimate, private, just our container, whether it be like closest friends or family that knew about what happened. Mm-hmm. It was just ours. Yeah. And we really did the work and we really showed up. And then once we were in a really healthy place, not perfect by any means, that's when I wrote an article for Women's Health that went completely viral. And then like all these other publications took it. And it was, of course, sensationalized. The title was What It's Like to Be Married to a Sex Addict. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. It's like clickbait. You 100%. need it. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, and great yeah. because I found so many amazing humans through that work and that sharing. But yeah, I, I think there's a there's also a wave of people online. Like I've been radically transparent with my partner, me online personally, since day one. It's just the way I move and breathe. Yeah. And now it's kind of trendy to be like overly sharing mm-hmm. just to get attention. And there's a difference there. Yeah. I, there, this is like a, an old, old quote or a, a version of this quote, but I heard m- many years ago, Brene Brown was like, you know, showing pictures of your bikini wax is not vulnerability. And there's a difference between just because you overshare something doesn't mean it's true vulnerability. Exactly. Exactly. And I do think you guys are very vulnerable in, in sharing things that for, I mean, it's, I'm sure many people can relate, but f- have feel that they have to keep very private. And I'm curious, especially because you have both have a public sort of online presence. Your relationship is something you're very um, open about publicly. Do you feel now that you ever, like, do you have moments of craving privacy and when you do feel that way, how do you, how do you handle that? Yeah. I mean, I do, I do. And I have, you know, I think a lot of people forget that there's a lot of hours in the day. Yeah. So the, 
handpicked things that I share that probably account on a busy day to like three minutes of my life yeah is not the whole picture so there's a lot of private time as my kids have gotten older I Mm -hmm. always run it by them if they want to be on social media um they're old enough now my boys are 11 and 13 so they'll be like even my daughter will be like where are you sending that Mm -hmm. and I'll say a friend or I'll be like to the Instagram world which means everyone and I'll say everyone's gonna see this yeah and then she'll make the choice just so she knows starting young to have that kind of conversation around I guess consent really yeah consent and they're all down for the most part if I'm sharing it's because they're down um but yeah I think it's a matter of yes we have a lot of privateness to our lives but we also take pieces and share it when there's value Mm -hmm. it's not just sharing to share it's not just clickbait it's how could this be of value to other people Mm -hmm. i we both adi and i are very similar um in numerology i'm an 11 which is the intuitive and the 22 is him which is Mm -hmm. like just the one that's deepest in service and we're both just we want to help people feel better yeah and you do you really do what is his astrology he's a virgo sun and then he's Sagittarius and Libra. So wow. Sagittarius is like the adventurer in him. He's yeah. a risk taker. He has a motorcycle. <laughs> That's like his whole thing. My husband's a Sagittarius. Okay. Son. Yeah. <laughs> loves, loves the adventure. And then and a little fire in there, um, which is his passion. And then he's the Libra, which I think is why he does what he does for a living. Yeah. He's so balanced and can just hold both sides to so much yeah in a really articulate beautiful way yeah I was just since you mentioned you were a double Taurus I'm I'm so into astrology so I always I love to know yeah. I usually do it off recording but since you brought no, it up I was not? like other people listening well, may be curious the Virgo sun for him and the Taurus for me were just very grounded yeah and what's your rising I'm Virgo rising there you go I'm yeah. triple earth wow yeah yeah you're, it's amazing um yeah, sorry. No. Sidetrack. Yes. But I was, you guys do help so many people. And I'm sure that is also like informing when you're like with what you're sharing because there's always an intention yeah. of helping someone with yeah. it. Yeah. I sometimes don't even want to share the thing. Yeah. And I feel like sick over it. Like I'm cheating on the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like a, a visceral, like I, I feel ill if I'm not authentically sharing something that could help even one person. It's your mission. It's my mission. Yeah, it's your mission. And so for our listeners, because I feel like relationships and love, it's so, it's so crucial, right? Our relationship to ourselves, our relationships with others, family, every, what are your key takeaways from, I mean, (laughs) this is a big question, but what are you've had such a full life and such a full relationship and you've grown so much in your relationship with yourself through your marriage and your partnership. What are some like, maybe if there's like three things that you would want to share with our audience about like really cultivating like healthy partnership in a partnership with another person and then a healthy relationship with yourself. Yeah. I think that the most important thing is, being whole within yourself Mm -hmm. with or without a person Mm -hmm. you have to find that wholeness and wholeness means embracing the darkness and the light together Mm -hmm. it means really examining your shadow sides really looking at if there's childhood trauma if there's current trauma big t trauma 
small t trauma, um, patterns from our parents that have been passed down and that we're noticing aren't ours, like anything and everything that's just when you look under the hood, it's all there. It's time to look at all of that. Mm -hmm. So whether it's somatic healing or therapy or ayahuasca, I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. For me, a a lot of what I moved through was just journaling. Like my mom handed me a journal when they divorced when I was eight and she wrote like Sophie's journal and I just began. And it's a very cathartic process for me having rituals, but it's to get closer in love with myself. It's to get closer to my essence and to my spirit that's what all these rituals are that I do every single day. I think that the closer we can get to accepting and not just accepting, but radically being in love with even the darkest, darkest, with even the darkest parts to ourselves Mm -hmm. is the key. And then of course, maybe not of course, but also celebrating all the goodness and the things that make you you. And if you're not around people who celebrate and love who you are, the essence of who you are and what makes you you without jealousy, without tearing you down, without talking about you badly, without being intimidated by you, they want you to rise and be successful and they love every part to who you are. And if you don't have people like that around you, it's time to shed. Yeah, that's good advice. And I think the way you talk about it too, I love that you have that curiosity about yourself, all the parts of yourself without judgment Mm -hmm. and acceptance of that. Just like we all have it and that's okay. It's neither good nor bad. It just is. And we can, and we can meet I think when we can meet ourselves with that kind of compassion and we can meet others without judgment. And that's when real, I think real honest deep relationships like I'm even thinking about my relationship with you and how my work wife and sometimes we're like this is like work wife privileges but deeply like where it's like you know there's you can really share anything without judgment and those relationships are so special Um, they're key and they're as you get older they're actually for me the only kind of relationships I'm interested in yeah and there can be more superficial, I guess, like work relationships and things like that. But otherwise, like my time is so valuable and radical discernment to protect my energy, to protect this life that I have worked so hard to create. It's not like I just fell into money or fell into a beautiful inheritance or fell into the perfect romance. Like all of it was like, tears blood sweat years of my life energy yeah thinking I was gonna die at many moments like I did that so I have to protect it with everything I have wise words for sure yeah Yeah. you know you mentioned too that these are the only types of um relationships that you'll you'll hold and you'll have and I think how have you also been able to deal with I know you've talked a little bit about this but you like friendships ebb and flow, I think, especially from your 20s to your 30s. And because you protect yourself in your space so much, I'm sure there have been people who have had to leave your environment. And so how do you deal with that kind of, because I feel like all of our, if we're talking about relationships, right, it's all relationships. (laughs) How have you been able to move through that kind of heartbreak that comes from loving somebody, but knowing that maybe you're outgrowing 
that dynamic mm-hmm. and and the choice it takes right to to finally decide to move forward with that yeah I I love my friends like they are my lover like yeah. they are my family yeah. if you're in my life I love you the same way in the same capacity the same depth I can't turn that off that's just who I am so that means that I am up for a lot of hurt Mm -hmm. because I continue to put my heart on the line and my full self and not everyone's ready for that not everyone's done the work to be able to hold that so I've learned the hard way and I wasn't discerning for the majority of my life. I was just like everyone in, I was friends with everyone. I loved everyone. Come into my home, borrow my clothes, take my stuff. What's mine is yours. Genera- generosity. Cause I know the secret to abundance is being generous. Yeah. I know that knowing I, ha- I am fully abundant. I have everything that I could ever want and need. And there's even more and it's endless. Yeah. The amount of abundance that's available for all of us is that energy of giving. Yeah. However, when you're not in relationship or partnership with people who are of that consciousness, who are doing the work, who aren't in scarcity, who don't support you, when you're when you're in relationship with people that maybe like walk the walk mm-hmm. or talk the talk, yeah. but don't walk the walk, yeah. it's confusing and it's hard and it's heartbreaking. So through like my most recent friend breakup, I really realized through my old journals. Mm-hmm. And I looked back and I was just, I couldn't believe that for a year and a half I had been talking to myself and saying that this isn't serving me. I have to start to, once this happens, we'll take a little bit of space. We'll back off. We'll back off. I wasn't courageous enough in those moments because of my own stuff. I just told myself stories about like, she'll feel like I'm abandoning her. It'll just go into the narrative of it. I went through all of the reasons in the world why not. So I should have taken my own advice and written her a text and said, we have to talk. It's serious. I love you. And everything could have probably been different right now. Mm-hmm. But instead, it blew up because I was out of my integrity. I was saying one thing to myself. Our words are powerful. Our thoughts are powerful. I was thinking, I need space. I wasn't taking it and honoring my space. I was thinking, I feel taken advantage of. I didn't say anything. So the more that I acted in that way for a year and a half, I was denying my own needs. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had to learn the hard way. And so that ended in a big blow up. Mm. We had a very deep, beautiful friendship and I honor it and I've done my work on it and I've healed from it and I send her nothing but the most love. But I'm at a, at the point where I've done that kind of work. Like I know for a fact, she doesn't in this moment feel the same way yet because she hasn't done that work on us, you know? But she'll get there. She will. I believe she will. And I think every friendship that it's, they're all unique, but I've had so many friendship race breakups because I am constantly in this work and I evolve very quickly and I move very, like I said, I'm a shapeshifter. I am like, I am transmuting. I am taking that hurt, that pain, that, um, Vic, whatever the, the, the gunk is and I'm composting it and making it and transmuting it into beauty. Yeah. That is what I live is just beauty. And I see that I'll be in the middle of a bad anything. And I'm just like, Oh, thank you for this life. Thank you for this pain. And like that took a long time to get to that point, but it's hard to find people in alignment. So I have a lot of friends from college, from high school, from different phases and seasons of my life. And 
almost all of them have come back around. Yeah. With love. Yeah. Life is too short to be angry. Yeah. Maybe we can find each other in a new way. And I have. And these relationships are better than ever. Yeah. So it's it's not a goodbye forever necessarily. My friend I was talking about, if she if she did the real work and faced the things that were the core issues. Yeah. I'm sure we could be friends in another way in a different form. Yeah. And to leave space for that too is really nice. It's really because it's not, um, it's not done in a punitive way. It's done with Again, she's not the perpetrator. Right. Right. And that's really, I think that's really powerful. And it's also okay to be, and to something, this is kind of a theme that's come up lately, but like to be okay to be in different seasons. Yes. Like we're all going to continue yeah. to be in different seasons yeah. and especially relationships. We, we had this long conversation about romantic relationships and partnerships and how they need to evolve. Mm-hmm. And if someone's going to stay in your life in a different capacity, but in friendship, say for example, for 20 years, there's no choice but for it to evolve if it's going to stay. Yes. And if it doesn't, then they can, then it can go away for a while and, and that's okay. Tr- it comes back to that trust muscle. Mm-hmm knowing like I know for a fact because I've done this so many times that those friends might come back yeah and that I can send them love and that it's not you're not gonna be tortured by the fact that they exist no time will pass you must mourn it Mm -hmm. it is sad it is heartbreaking it is difficult it's the hardest every time it's the hardest thing in the world for me yeah nothing hurts more because they're like family to me But I, once I go through the mourning process and I do my work on it and look at the shadow work and my place in it, it's 50-50 always. Yeah. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. And once I actually could look at all of that, I'm in complete love. And, and like, if I saw her on the street, I would probably like inappropriately (laughs) jump on her and she would (laughs) probably, and she would probably think that it was too much and that's okay because that's who I am. Yeah. Heart will always be the first thing that leads and my truth. And I have no ego around that, like at all. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us Thanks today. Um, as we begin to wrap up, we always ask three final wrap-up questions. So the first one is, uh, you, you'd mentioned earlier you have ritual each day. So what does your, in this phase of your life, what does your current daily self-care look like? And do you have any non-negotiables in your day? I'd say, yeah, it's a great question. I love rituals super witchy double Taurus like I just love my grounding rituals um the only non-negotiable I will say is I get up in the morning and do a meditation before my kids wake up Mm. it's the only thing that if I don't do it I feel super off and like more reactive um also superfood coffee Mm. yeah so I have a superfood line called philosophy and I will have superfoods in my coffee I was just saying earlier I had an energy drink yesterday and by 10 a.m. I crashed because mm. I didn't have time to make my superfood coffee. And I was like, I just kept thinking I was so tired. I was driving like really far. And I was like, this is my lesson. Like, this is why I had to remember the why. Yeah. This is why I add superfoods to my coffee so that I don't crash. I never crash yeah. usually. Like, it's just why. Can you tell us your coffee recipe? Yeah. So very simple because I sometimes go nuts. But I'll say the most simple one that's my go-to is whatever dairy-free creamer or milk you like to use. Uh, my, my cacao magic powder. So I have like a teaspoon of that and that has reishi and maca and chia seeds and mm. it's just delicious. Cacao, cacao nibs. And then my coconut butter, which mm. has cacao magic in it. But it's really creamy, delicious. If you blend it up, it's just 
the mm-hmm. most amazing. And then if you want to add like a little honey or a sweetener, and then if you want to add more things, like if you wanted a collagen, we usually sell a collagen. Sometimes I'll add that, but really it's about the good fats and the protein for me. Mm. So cacao magic has a ton of plant-based protein. Mm. There's no added sugar or stevia or anything. And then the coconut butter is super creamy, but the good fats make it so that the caffeine just stays, you go Stable. up and you stay mm-hmm. there. Yeah. yeah. No, you're Superfood line is so delicious. I'm such a fan of it. I've been using it for, gosh, a few years now. And um, yeah, I love it. So everyone's going to have to try it. (laughs) Um, But the next question we always ask is, what does being courageous mean to you? Hmm. I mean, I think that the courageousness has come through this entire episode of just authentically showing up as who you are, unapologetically showing up as who you are, and having that vulnerability that's authentic that's just who you are again unapologetically and you know without any sort of fear of what anyone else thinks you're just doing it for you courageous is like I I am my best self for myself not for anybody else yeah that's a good one and then the final question is, do you have a book recommendation? It can be on any topic, mm. maybe something that is, has either just meant something to you or you've enjoyed recently. Yeah, I will say like after the friend breakup that I was talking about, I've read Braiding Sweetgrass. Have you read that? Mm-mm. So it really helped me understand, really, like truly understand the concept of reciprocity. And because I'm such a generous person and I want to give so fully, sometimes people take advantage of it, unfortunately. And so I didn't understand the concept fully of reciprocity. I was like, yeah, I get it. When I read this book, Braiding Sweetgrass, first of all, it's like poetry. Um, Great to listen to. It's just, you're not going to read it all in one sitting. It's not like a book like that, but it's beautifully written like poetry, all about nature and reciprocity and nature. And it... Mm finally allowed me to download and feel and understand and digest what reciprocity is and that I'm deserving of it yeah and um and that beautiful process of give and take and that it's very different it's a different energy yeah well thank you so much for being with us today and if anybody wants to find you follow you buy philosophy foods where can they do that yeah if you want to buy philosophy First of all, we have awesome Instagram. It's at philosophy with my name, I-E, philosophy love. So philosophy love is our Instagram. We have tons of fun recipes and tips and you can get all our stores and everything on there. And then thephilosophy.com is where you can buy. And then my own personal Instagram is sophie.jaffe. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.